The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Shirley. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fab, a segment of the Forever Fab podcast where I review products, services, experiences, and frankly, whatever, (laughs) in 15 minutes or less. If the full-length podcast is a couture dress, for example, then 15 Minutes of Fab is like a button-down French cuff white shirt paired with leather leggings. If you don't have time to tune into the full-length podcast, then check out 15 Minutes of Fab, just a small dose. Some have considered it truth and beauty or plastic surgery secrets or as a nerdy or academic take on wellness and beauty with a dash of fashion. Consider it what you may. My aim is to engage you as a credible and authoritative voice in most, most, if not all aspects of beauty and wellness with a dash of fashion. That includes products, wellness services, technologies, innovations, new scientific research, and plastic surgery. As the founder of Holistic Plastic Surgery, my approach to beauty is through a lens of wellness that's grounded in science, backed by medical study and research, strengthened by my clinical experience, and bolstered by my surgical training with the use of principles and techniques of plastic surgery. And then there's my love of fashion. Of course, I feel uniquely qualified to talk with you about beauty, wellness, aesthetics, and plastic surgery, as well as products and services within those spaces, not only because of my extensive, and may I add expensive training and expansive background, but also because I'm one of you. Many of the human issues around aging and being being a fierce fab person, as well as an agent for positive change. I live these too, and I try. You're not alone. So together we can help the world become a more beautiful, forever fab place. So if you'll have me and give me at least 15 minutes of your time, let's get at it. In this new year, I've decided that it will be one of expansion and discovery. So I'll explore all sorts of topics, near and possibly far-fetched, while still focusing on the topics that make the forever fab podcast, well, fabulous, namely fashion, the art of living well or wellness and beauty. As part of my philosophy of holistic plastic surgery, which I created well over probably now 15 years ago, where I believe that beauty emanates from within, wellness plays an integral role in my practice. And this goes for many aspects of life that help you to live in grace and beauty, including nutrition, exercise, product services, technologies, mind, body, spirit, and science. The title of today's episode of 15 Minutes of Fab is, 
Dear Dr. Shirley, Answering Your Questions Without a Consultation Fee, Part 2. In my practice, I've noticed that some of the questions I receive are often repeated by different patients. No matter the gender, age, or beauty philosophy, some of the questions that I receive are similar or the same. I also get a number of questions through social media and from beauty editors and TV producers from time to time. And yet another place where I receive a lot of questions is through my online e-consultation platform, clicklift.com. So I thought I'd pull some of these questions from all these different resources and put them out for your consideration while providing some insight into them. Maybe they're answering some of the questions that you may have. So this is Dear Dr. Shirley, part two, where I'll answer some of the more common questions that I'm asked as a plastic surgeon. And there's a bonus. There's no consultation fee for you today. So let's get started. Dear Dr. Shirley, I like your philosophy, so I went to your website to find out more. Why, thank you. I noticed that on your website, however, there was no mention anywhere that you are board certified. Should I be concerned? Ooh, this is a good one. This is definitely a good one. This is actually a little emotional for me, but I'm going to try to just keep it professional here. So board certification, should you be concerned and is it important? The way I'm going to answer that is, I guess, yes and no. Um, so how do I, how do I explain what it is? It shouldn't be complex. It shouldn't be complicated and it isn't, but obviously me with some history regarding this, I'm just going to try to explain it in as simple terms as possible. Board certification is a process. I may add, it is a voluntary process in order. So let's take it back a little bit in order to, um, get into medical school, you obviously have some requirements which are required by law, um, college, you know, et cetera, some courses, maybe even certain standards of grades. Okay. Uh, but you're applying to medical school, even if you've accomplished all of the requirements and prerequisites, you're applying to medical school is voluntary. You can apply or you can not apply. If you want to become a doctor, then clearly that's on the path. Um, because it's necessary. You need the training, you need the education, you need the knowledge. So you go to medical school, you apply, you get in, and you complete your four years of medical school. During those four years of medical school, you learn about the human body, about diseases, treatment plans, etc. And you learn lots of different aspects of medicine. Then at some point, you choose what field of medicine you're going to go into. Okay. So if you choose plastic surgery, as I did, then there's additional training because medical school is a general broad overview of everything in medicine. But when you decide to train in a specific field of medicine, you actually need more specific training. That too, to a certain extent, is voluntary, right? If you want to become a plastic surgeon, there's additional training that you must undertake, Um, You don't have to become a plastic surgeon. You can become a gastroenterologist or a neurosurgeon. But regardless, in order for you to do the work, you've got to have this additional training and knowledge and experience. Okay. After your, so during your medical school and residency, you actually have to take licensing exams, right? And there's a licensing process because the state and the government have to make sure that you are checking the boxes to make sure that you can practice and you can practice (laughs) on people. So licensure is 
basic, mandatory, quintessential, essential. Can't be a doctor without licensure. Um, after medical school and residency, then ideally, I guess, for many people, um, they become board certified. Now, what does that mean? The, there are different boards. Every medical I guess, field has its own board. And the board is responsible for making sure that you are a, you know, safe physician and they have these, you know, requisites and um, prerequisites that you must have in order to claim that you are board certified. If you are board certified, you can state that on your website and tell your patients that. And I believe that it gives some patients a level of, you know, if not certainty, then confidence that, okay, their doctor is board certified, their doctor has been vetted by their colleagues, and their colleagues say this doctor is good to go. That is completely fantastic. However, board certification is voluntary. So if for whatever reason, and there could be a number of reasons, you do not, uh, are not granted, are not granted board certification, that doesn't mean you're not licensed and it doesn't mean you're not qualified and it certainly doesn't mean that you cannot practice. So that's the difference, right? Um, it does, yes, mean that whether you, you know, and let me explain what the board certification process involves. It involves an application. It involves an application fee. It involves, um, at least at the time that I applied, traveling to another state, uh, paying for that airfare, paying for the hotels for a few days, and undergoing a couple of days of oral examination. So there's a two-part process. There's a part one, which is a you know, computer exam. You pay for that. You go to a testing center and you answer hundreds of questions on a computer. It's computer-based. It is you know, computer-analyzed, and you get your grade. You can pass that or you fail that. I passed that. Woo-woo. So um, I studied hard. I passed part one. But then there's a part two, and the part two is this: what I was just referring to of the oral examination. And at the time that I was taking it, I flew to Arizona. I paid for my hotel. I rented a car. I drove to the testing center, and I had a couple of days of uh, being asked questions um, that you don't know in advance, obviously, being asked questions based on the workload that you've been doing and the kind of work that you're familiar with, as well as other cases that perhaps you've never performed, right? I have never on my own performed like cleft palate surgery. It's not what I wanted to go into, but nonetheless, they'll ask you any question under the plastic surgery sun. And that was the part two, the oral part. You may either pass that or fail that. Clearly, well, maybe not so clearly, I did not pass that. So even though I thought that I should, but obviously my examiner's thought that I shouldn't. So even though I didn't pass the part two and I had passed the part one, it means that I have to repeat the part two process again. So you reapply, pay those application fees, you know, uh, submit your work. They have to look at it. Do they like your work? Do they think you, you know, have enough different types of operations that you perform many criteria in order to determine whether or not you will be granted the opportunity again to sit before these, um, at the time it was all men, to sit before these men, people, you know, elders in plastic surgery so they can orally test you. So I think after that first attempt, I was not granted any subsequent attempts. And so at some point I thought, okay, well, <laughs> obviously the club is not going to let me in, so I'm going to stop 
sending my hard-earned money to try to complete this process. So it was definitely my decision to not continue this, you know, grueling and harrowing process. Again, it's not grueling and harrowing for many people. It obviously requires a lot of work and time and energy and effort and study. And despite that, I was not successful at part two. So there you have it. You know, I sort of halfway went through it, but didn't complete or continue with the part two. And so that is the reason why I am not board certified. So should you be concerned? I'm extremely confident in the work that I do. I have been exceptionally well-trained by some of the best in at least New York City. So if that is not enough, then I'm not for you. I am not for every patient. I do not, uh, I do not excel at every operation. Um, and therefore, if that does not make you feel comfortable, then I am definitely not for you. And perhaps you should look for that designation in a plastic surgeon who is bored certified. So yes, should be, you should be concerned and no, you should not be concerned, but only you can answer that for yourself because you ultimately are responsible for choosing the kind of surgeon with whom you want to work. And you may have lots of different, you know, criteria that you look at. And certainly board certification is a completely legitimate and popular one. I wouldn't say it's a completely necessary one, but that's from my perspective. So that's that long answer, drawn out answer, kind of emotional answer for me, but there it is, full transparency. Dear Dr. Shirley, I've seen your van around my neighborhood. What exactly is it? Oh, yes, this will make me happy. Jet Set Beauty RX is my house calls van. I've been performing house calls for as long as I've been in practice, so 15 plus years, and um, it's been fantastic and Patients really love a house call, despite the fact that it is a higher fee. And so during the pandemic, I thought I was rethinking my practice, as I'm sure lots of people were rethinking their, you know, their businesses and their livelihoods. And I thought, what can I do to help people feel um, safer, um, uh, more confident, and obviously not necessarily have them traveling to on the subway or you know bus or in a car service or taxi whatever to come to my office and potentially be exposed to other people along the way so i came up with a mobile aesthetics unit that i just put my house calls name on it jet set beauty rx and that's what I do. That's what it is. So you go to the website, you can make a reservation, you can call, you can book an appointment. Yes, a little bit of paperwork involved. I get back to you and I say, yes, that day is available. I will be at your home, you know, or wherever you are living, apartment, house, whatever. And I will be there at a certain time. You, I'll let you know when I arrive. You come down, come into the van, you get your procedure done, and you go back home. Minimal movement on your part. Right now, the service is only available in New York City and sort of the four-ish boroughs around New York City. But if you're interested, I think it's pretty fabulous. Go to jetsetbeautyrx.com and check it out. Thank you for that question. Dear Dr. Shirley, I came in to ask about improving my skin. You talked to me about my diet. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> I know my door says holistic plastic surgery. It doesn't say holistic nutrition, right? I get it. I get it. Uh, I do have training in, in uh, integrative nutrition. I studied it for a year. I also studied some of it, part of it in medical school and definitely added on to that with my uh, years training 
and Certificate in Integrative Nutrition. So this refers back to Dr. Shirley's Fab Five first rule of beauty, which is good nutrition. So yes, if you want to come in and talk about improving your skin, I'm definitely going to talk to you about what you put into your body that may be affecting your skin. Our skin is the largest organ. It's got blood vessels. You know, it, it, Everything that you take in, it receives some part of it. So if you want to improve your skin and you come to Dr. Shirley, then she's going to talk to you about nutrition, is what it is. Basic foundational tenet of my practice. That's why I did it. I hope you come back. <laughs> I hope you weren't offended that I was talking to you about what you were eating when you came to talk to me about skincare. Ooh, okay. I do hope you come back. Okay. Dear Dr. Shirley, what's your personal skincare routine? Well, folks, it changes. I try lots of things um, so I can have personal experience as well as professional experience with some products. Um, and basically, I use a gentle non-irritating cleanser. The brand may vary. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's another. I also change my skincare routine according to, you know, the weather and the seasons, spring, summer, and fall, winter. I also use a treatment serum that targets, you know, whether it's fine lines and wrinkles or, you know, hyperpigmentation um, or just skin moisture. So typically my go-to ingredients will be vitamin C, hyaluronic acid, a retinol, and you know, a nice oil, facial oil, a refined facial oil. And then I will use a moisturizer, depending on the environment, the circumstance, where I'm going, where I am, uh, what my skin is telling me. If I'm looking at it and it looks super parched, then I will use something thicker or a balm um, and maybe a couple of drops of oil on top of that to prevent further transepidermal water loss from my skin. Or, you know, if it's looking pretty glowy and dewy, then I'll just use something super light like, you know, a lotion or a mist. And then finally, if um, spring, summer, sometimes, you know, fall, winter, and definitely in, in, uh, in sunnier environments, I will add an SPF. And I usually use an SPF 30 to 40. That is my skincare routine morning and evening, except in the evening, I obviously don't apply SPF. Okay. I should also add, right, from a holistic perspective and staying true to myself, I also take supplements, right? Try to eat super clean, um, but I live by the 80-20 rule. So 80% of the time I'm doing the best that I can when it comes to nutrition. And another 20%, I, I'm, I'm just going to have fun. Yes, I'm going to have, you know, that gluten-free, <laughs> dairy-free, um, you know, red velvet cupcake. Yes, I'm going to do it. So 80-20, but I will also add that part of my skincare routine involves supplements. So I do take a probiotic. I do take um, hyaluronic acid um, and I take uh, B-complex vitamin. And I also take ashwagandha, you know, manage stress. Woohoo. Okay. So that's my personal skincare routine in brief. And I know that sounded like a lot, but believe, it, believe me, that was brief. Next question. Dear Dr. Shirley, have you had your lips done? Oh, no, I haven't. I haven't. I guess they're just naturally kind of nice. <laughs> um, I have had lots of patients ask me that and I'm honored if it, if it was meant as a compliment, but I have not had my lips done. I'm not against it. I'm just saying I haven't and maybe not yet. <laughs> Dear Dr. Shirley, do you perform BBL? Why or why not? Okay. Um, BBL is called Brazilian butt lift. And basically what it is, it's a fat transfer, right? I would take um, fat from one part of your body where you 
think that maybe you want a little more contour where you think you have a little excess fat, I would take it from there and transfer it and re-inject it into your bum or your buttocks. So that is Brazilian butt lift. And it's called Brazilian because I do believe a Brazilian uh, plastic surgeon um, came up with that technique many years ago. I do not perform them. I do not perform them because I have only performed a handful of them during my training. And therefore, I am not comfortable with uh, performing that operation because I don't have extensive experience in that. And lastly, I don't perform it because if you don't do them often and well enough, um, it actually has a high complication rate and it is probably considered one of the more dangerous or most dangerous um, operation in plastic surgery if not performed in well-trained hands. So... I don't consider myself well-trained in BBLs. Therefore, even though I was trained for fat transfer by one of the world's renowned, you know, um, fat transfer and fat grafting plastic surgeons, Dr. Sidney Coleman, but since I didn't learn at his hands to do BBLs and these massive fat transfers, then I do not perform them. Simple as that. Next question. Dear Dr. Shirley, I'd like to lose some weight around my belly. Would liposuction help with that? Hmm. Fast answer, quick answer. No, liposuction is not a weight loss technique. Liposuction is a body contouring technique. So if you had, you know, liposuction and you're, you know, 152 pounds, liposuction would improve that area, right? It would make you look more hourglass or curvy or whatever, but uh, you know, well after surgery and after, you know, the swelling of surgery and, and all that stuff, well into your recovery period, you will likely stay be 152 pounds. So liposuction does not get rid of, it, it does not affect your weight per se. Um, and fat, by the way, does not weigh much at all. So when I physically remove fat in the operating room and then I have the nurse weigh it on a scale, it's like in the order of a few grams. It's not significant at all. So fat does not weigh much. Liposuction is not a weight loss procedure, period. Dear Dr. Shirley, I'm an avid runner. I've noticed that the skin of my face, especially my cheeks, is sagging. Should I get a filler or a facelift? Ooh, well, runner, it's nice that you have options. But yes, you are thinking along the appropriate lines that you're a runner that's a very cardio-intensive exercise, and therefore that <clears throat> perhaps resulted in you know weight loss and therefore fat loss to your face, as well as sagging from the gravitational effects of you know you're pounding the pavement or the peloton. Um, whether you get a filler or a facelift will determine on on primarily what you what you're looking to achieve. If you've lost so much volume in your face, but your skin is still pretty tight and taut, uh, you just have some contour issues, you know, some concavities or some, you know, sinking in, maybe a filler will be the only answer that you need, right? Because a filler does nothing to lift skin or to reposition skin. A filler just fills, right? Or fills out, improves volume. A face lift, on the other hand, does not necessarily, actually it really doesn't, add volume. It repositions your, your facial skin and it recontours your facial structure, but it doesn't add volume. So you may need one or the other or both. I suggest you consult with your favorite plastic surgeon, and I hope that's me. 
<laughs> Thank you, runner. Next question. Dear Dr. Shirley, I read an online article where you were quoted as using plant medicine and homeopathy in your practice. My surgeon told me not to. Why do you suggest it to your patients? You know, these questions are starting to get a little edgy. I mean, that first question about board certification was edgy. I mean, wow, this person just went in. This question is too seeming a little edgy, but I like it. I like it. Um, homeopathy. Yes, I have studied homeopathy um, with a, you know, the most reputable um, academic institution on or program on homeopathy in the world, frankly. Um, I have found homeopathy in my practice to be adjunctive and an absolutely helpful complement to my patients who are preparing for surgery or procedures and recovering from them. So, I would advise to you that you listen to your surgeon and my patients will hopefully <clears throat> listen to my advice and recommendations. So if your surgeon uh, is not comfortable with homeopathy, then please do what he or she recommends because that surgeon's you know, practice and protocol and routines are very much based on his or her <clears throat> experience and you know, level of comfort with different things as, and the same would go for me. So I am studied in homeopathy, at least as it relates to plastic surgery. I can't really tell you about homeopathy for like teething, <laughs> even though I could, but I won't because that's not my area of expertise or focus. Um, but in my practice, I have used it for decades successfully and um, my patients have uh, appreciated it and it has helped tremendously in terms of preoperative preparation and recovery. So that's why I use homeopathy, but always listen to your own surgeon and your own doctors. Dear Dr. Shirley, do you accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment? No. I don't even have to explain that. No. If, we, if you want me to explain, I mean, I understand cryptocurrency, but I, I also understand that it's got lots of limitations and, oh my gosh, it's just it's just a lot. It's just way too much drama for me. And I, I do not like drama in my practice. So no, I do not accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment. Thank you for asking though. <laughs> this concludes this episode of 15 Minutes of Fab. As always, stay beautiful and forever fabulous inside and out. As always, if you love this episode of the Forever Fab podcast, please share it and subscribe to the feed. Listen to past episodes or check out who's coming up next on foreverfabpodcast.com. If you enjoy listening to the Forever Fab podcast and you want more, get more audio and visuals with a membership through Patreon. Choose the gold, platinum, or diamond tier for premium added content, special co-hosts, lifestyle videos, branded merchandise, and maybe even private access to my clubhouse by visiting patreon.com slash foreverfab. If you're a founder or you represent a beauty brand and you want to be featured on an episode of the Forever Fab podcast segment of 15 Minutes of Fab, send me some stuff. Visit foreverfabpodcast.com and fill out the contact form. For general holistic beauty tips or to set up an appointment with me to discuss your personalized options for leveling up your beauty, Visit elementsandgraces.com and sign up for my newsletter or just give us a call. 
And for an online e-consultation on time, anytime, and on your time, visit clicklift.com for your wellness, plastic surgery, beauty, and wellness questions on the go. That's click, C-L-I-C-K dash lift.com. It's time for the elevated house call. Jet Set Beauty Rx offers beauty on-call services near your home or other domicile, delivering beauty in the privacy of a medically equipped mobile aesthetics unit. Reserve your appointment at jetsetbeautyrx.com. Thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.